There could be a suspect down as far as the basement. Let's get a perimeter on the building ASAP. Oh, yeah, excuse me. Make sure you get a receipt for that, Dick. Boy, guys, for a minute there, I was really scared. I didn't think I was gonna make it up those steps. I gotta start working out. Yeah, well, you can tell whoever has that laser. He's got a big one coming from us. Anything he wants. What are you talking about? Whoever took out our friend Mendez here. Practically had this shotgun up our noses before I saw that laser light on the wall. We didn't have a laser. We didn't even get a shot off. Crockett, Tubbs, Castillo, Gina and Trudy, Zito and Switek. Together, they are the OCB. They are Miami Vice. And this is the Vice of Miami podcast. Do you remember the fast cars, flashy clothes, big money, and all of the heavy players on the 1980s most iconic TV show, Miami Vice? Then this is the podcast for you. Join Mark and Tim as we review each season and episode covering all of the details such as a storyline, stars, music, fun facts and locations, and as well as trivia in which you can participate. Get ready for the Voice of Miami podcast. Welcome back, Vice fans, to the Vice of Miami podcast for show number 47. Mark and I are always glad you're joining us. We hope you enjoyed our last show covering Trust Fund Pirates. So as always, sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy the Vice of Miami podcast covering Season 2, Episode 22, Sons and Lovers. And Tim, I've got my beverage, a Sprecher's Firebrew Group Beer. Tasty. Anyway, this episode is written by Dennis Cooper, directed by John Nicolella. Original air date is May 9th, 1986, and this is the 44th episode overall of the series. And for the plot summary, Angeline returns to save Tubbs from her vengeful half-brother, Orlando Calderon. And Tubbs learns that he is the father of their son. Right, let's cover the guest stars and the co-stars that make an appearance in this final episode of season two. First up, we have Fanny Napoli as Angelina Madeira, daughter of the deceased Esteban Calderon. We cover her bio in the season one episode, Calderon's Return. Our next guest star is Jonathan Alberto Leguzamo, or John Leguzamo, as Orlando Calderon, born July 22nd, 1960 in Bogota, Colombia. He is a comedian, actor, producer, and director who made his TV debut in the show Miami Vice. Leguzamo began a career in stand-up comedy before appearing in the video for Madonna's first top 10 single, Borderline. He made his movie debut in 1984's Mixed Blood. Other movie appearances include Casualties of War, Die Hard 2, Whispers in the Dark, Carlito's Way, Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, among others in an extensive filmography. TV appearances include House of Buggin, 
ER, the Brothers Garcia, and his most recent 2018's BoJack Horseman. He produced the play Pinheiro based on the life of Miguel Pinheiro, who played Calderon in Mommy Vice in season one. Leguizamo married fellow actor Yelba Osorio, whom he met in Carlito's Way, in 1994 until their divorce in 1996. He then married Justine Maurer in 2003. They have two children, daughter Allegra Sky and son Ryder Lee. Next up, we have James Lally as Jerome Vega, a snitch who sold out Kraken tubs to cash in on Orlando Calderon's bounty on Rico's head. Lally was born in Cleveland, Ohio. After his acting debut in this episode, Lally appeared in his first movie, Magic Sticks, followed by Working Girl, The Bonfire of Vanities, Guarding Tests, The Birdcage, and his most recent film appearance in Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. His bio pretty much didn't offer anything about his personal life, and he retired from acting in 2007. Our next guest star is J.C. Quinn, born November 30th, 1940, and he played DEA agent Walt Harrison. Quinn was born in Philadelphia. He had a long career in the theater before beginning another long career in television and movies. His gruff voice and appearance often got him confused with fellow actor Harvey Keitel. His filmography included the following entries, On the Yard, Gloria, Times Square, An Invasion of Privacy, which was his TV debut in 1983, Eddie Macon's run, Silkwood, Chud, Places in the Heart, Vision Quest, Cagney and Lacey, Heartbreak Ridge, At Close Range, Maximum Overdrive, Crime Story, Takedown in 2000, which was his final movie appearance, and That's Life, also in 2000, his final TV appearance. Quinn was killed in a car crash near Juarez, Mexico on February 10th, 2004. At the time of his death, Quinn was 63 years old. And our co-stars, we have Santi Carmona as the sniper, Geraldo Elvero as DEA agent Bill Lyons, Robert Holscher as uh, SRT leader, Nelson Oramas as the bomb expert, Gene Terrace as Mendez, Michael Owens as the security guard, Charlie Guanchi as the priest, and uncredited roles are Lee Ayacoca as the Parks Commissioner Lido, and unknown, the baby, Ricardo Tubbs Jr. And now let's take a look at some fun fast goofs locations for this episode. In our first goof, the photos used in Calderon's file are obviously production stills since neither Crockett or Tubbs were shown using a camera at the time they were taken in Calderon's return. And our second goof, the apartment where Crockett and Tubbs throw Vega out of the window has net curtains when seen from the inside. But these curtains disappear whenever the window is seen from the outside. Our first location is the Corsair Hotel, 101 Ocean Drive, Miami Beach. And that was seen in the teaser, Crockett and Tubbs, when they lean on Vega in room 117. The hotel is no longer there. And our second location here, we have 7000 Southwest 69th Avenue, South Miami. That's Angelina's residence. For some Miami Vice in the news, actor John Leguizamo, who appeared in this episode, is the host of Leguizamo Does America, and it debuts on MSNBC and streams on Peacock starting April 16th of this year. The show is a series that focuses on the influence and contributions of U.S. Latinos. 
It is a six-episode documentary. It sounds pretty good. I'll have to catch that out. Let's check out the music for this episode. We have After the Fire by Roger Daltrey. That's when Tubbs was reminiscing about Angelina. Long, Long Way to Go by Phil Collins. That's during Angelina and Tubbs's son's funeral. Great song. Some Jan Hammer music, flashback, and Angelina flashback were the scenes with Tubbs and Angelina and Ricardo Jr. All right, let's go over the trivia portion of this episode. In last episode, we asked, how much more exercise does the blonde have left on Captain Hook's boat? Take a listen. Thing is everything. Push and pull and push and pull and push and pull. Take a cold shower. I got another three miles. And this show's trivia question is, what was the name of the company that produced the explosives that killed Angelina? You can post your answers on this episode's Facebook post or email us at miamivice at duck.com. Okay, we've reached the discussion portion of our episode, so let's get right into it. We're at the Corsair Hotel here where Crockett Tubs pull up and they're at this hotel to make a buy from some drug dealers. So far, everything seems typical. They go in there, they flash their uh, briefcase full of cash. The drug dealer inspects it here. And then uh, another guy slides a huge, uh, it was basically a beach cooler full yes. of uh, yayo, right? Mm-hmm. This thing was huge. It was like, what, maybe two and a half foot by almost four foot. It was huge. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of, a uh, lot yeah. of blow. A lot of, lot of nose candy, a lot of yayo. So anyway, he slides it over. And uh, he takes a key of nose candy out and tosses it at at Tubbs, kind of, a, uh, I guess, as a distraction, uh, quickly grabs a rifle from underneath there on the bottom part of the cooler. And now Crockett and Tubbs are at gunpoint. They've got really much nowhere to go, nowhere, they can't do anything. So these guys frisk them. Uh, a wire is found on Tubbs. So now these bad guys are up to doing what they're going to do. So one guy booby traps one of the doors with some grenades. So if you open it, boom, there it goes. And then uh, we see a sniper who's across the way on top of a building. You could see him with his laser scope. I'm thinking this is part of Vice. I mean, at least that's yes. what we're led to believe. That's that what we're led to believe because Switech and company were across the street. You see the laser sight on one of the perps and pops him off. Oh, okay. I mean, those shots are really fire, but hey, whatever. Get the, get the lead on these guys. Uh, a little chaos ensues. And Vice moves in, and one of the guys hides in a closet, so we think. So the rest of Vice comes in here, Crockett and Tubbs, you know, they're they're pretty much free. So this guy, they're looking around. They disarm the uh, grenades here. They look around for this guy in the closet. Well, there's a hole in the floor. This guy escapes, the only guy that pretty much survives. So a few seconds later, Switex comes uh, huffing on in, out of breath, and they're talking about, hey, you know, Good thing we had the sniper taking helping us out. And Switek's like, what sniper? We never had no sniper. We never got a and shot off. Nobody ever got around to. Yeah, never got a shot off. 
so now we move on to uh, OCB where Crockett, Zweitick, and Castillo are all going over what happened. Crockett is adamant that Mendez took orders from the main guy and they already knew they were cops. Castillo is pissed about the backup that was lacking. And I think Crockett said, don't go too hard on me. He said, backup was sloppy. Zito says ballistics matched the casing found on the roof. Tubbs comes in and he says the guy that made this buy was spotted close by. Then they go, Crockett and Tubbs go to see their buddy, Jerome Vega, who was the snitch that gave him this info, got this buy going. As Crockett and Tubbs are roughing him up for diming him out, Vega says he didn't and Mendez must have found out somehow. After they threaten to dump him out the window by holding him almost by his ankles, he then just cops to snitching on them. He says after he made the drug deal set up, he wanted some extra money and made a deal with someone about the $1 million on uh, Tubbs's head. The bounty is from Calderon. That's all they knew. They ended up tossing this guy from the window, and it was a first floor window. And I believe Gene and Trudy were waiting with open arms to hook him up. And I think uh, Crockett said, book him. Book him, Dano. Yes, that was perfect. I don't know how Mendez copped you. I mean, how did Columbus cop to him now? Oh, this is not right, man. Please, please. Get the window. No, no. Ah! No, man, this is murder. Murder! Come on, we're gonna throw this jerk out the window. Man, no, no, no. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, I got you, man. Please, don't kill me, please. I just needed the money, man. Please, don't kill me. Who paid you? Kind of someone I do that I never saw before, man. Just don't kill me. Where'd you meet him? After I set up your gig, I got, I got hip to this bounty. And then I told Mendez what you guys were about. The next thing the dude shows up in a limo, I don't know. Oh, 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 hold it. What are you talking, bounty? What, you don't know? Yeah, man, words on the street. One million dollars if you can deliver Ricardo Tubbs alive. Deliver to who? Someone named Calderon. Calderon! Liar! Calderon was killed a year ago! Oh, man, that's the name! I swear it! Mendez and the one I do was on a million. All I got was a few crumbs for the info. Few crumbs for the info. <laughs> now we're at OCB, and Crockett and Tubbs are reviewing the Calderon files on this on his case and uh, Calderon's death, making sure he's still dead and everything was the way it was, at least what they thought happened. Tubbs says, obviously think about Angelina while they're doing this. I mean, how couldn't he? I mean, bring up the name uh, Calderon, he's going to definitely mm-hmm. think about her, which was Calderon's daughter in which he had more than a fling with, um, with her. Uh, Zito gets a call from Metro about Mendez. And then Crackett steps away, and this is where where we knew it was going to happen. You've got the montage of, at first, Tubbs and Angelina doing what they were doing, and this whole montage lasted two and a half minutes. It's kind of long, but whatever. I guess they wanted to, to show what happened from the past couple episodes, so we get this montage of uh, Tubbs and Angelina, as well as Tubbs' brother getting killed in New York City, and Calderon looking from the back of the limo, if you remember that. Just, he got capped, and then Calderon's got his mug out the window, and it goes up. And then the subsequent killing of Calderon by Crockett's hands. So here, this is a this is one of the good plot points here. Crockett right. killed and Calderon. That, I think the montage was just to give con- context to the viewer mm-hmm. why A. Calderon is right. got a bounty on Tubbs' head. Even right. though... You are correct. 
Crockett killed. Crockett killed. Francisco. Now we're later on, at, they're in Castillo's office, and they're all pondering what's going on. Why does he have a bounty on his head? From who? A Calderon. The only other Calderon we knew technically was Angelina, right? Going along, Castillo asks Tubbs if he wants protection. And of course, Tubbs says no. Now I'll, I'll take care of it. Kraken Tubbs, they say they're going to go see Mendez in the hospital to see what he knows. And then this is where we have uh, Crockett doing a uh, a great impression of Castillo. Yes, it was perfect. This morning was a ripoff. They would have taken the cash. If it was straight business, they would have called it off when Vega told me you were cops. Yeah, someone's just trying to chump me off, man. And it ain't called her own because he's dead. I know it for a fact. What are your feelings on protection? I don't want it. I think the best way to get to the bottom of this is just to be cool and not act scared. He's absolutely right. Mendez is out from under anesthetic. I say we go see him and see what he has to say. Yeah, I know. No heroes. Oh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I did not remember that when I first watched this, but it was a pleasant surprise. Anyway, I now that was I wonder if that was uh, <laughs> set up. You know, part of the script, or they just... Or was it an ad lib? Uh, uh, I don't know. Good. <laughs> well, good well how about this? That would be a good question for both of them. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was in the script, but as far as the imitation, the impression, maybe that was ad lib itself. I would say so. <laughs> it offered a nice little com- comedic relief. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, now we have Crockett and Tubbs heading to the hospital to question Mendez, and Crockett gets a call saying that Mendez is going back in a surgery. So he decides to make a detour to go to lunch uh, with Tubbs. And he said, I'm buying. Crockett heads into the place and Tubbs has to make a quick call. While doing so, he notices a sniper laser point on himself and he sees a guy in a van. Before he can react, up pulls a motorcycle in the van in which he's forced into by gunpoint. The guy on the bike shoots out two tires on a spider. And by the time Crockett comes out with his gun drawn, these guys are gone. Tubbs is been taken. And then we see the ne- then it goes to the next scene where we see Tubbs in no obvious distress or tied up at a house somewhere. Out of a door walks Angelina. She says she wants to show him something. So before we go into that, she was the one that had that sniper set up when it was the drug deal at the beginning. She was basically looking out for Tubbs' best interest. And we'll find out in a little bit why. While being escorted by the gun-toting ushers, she walks him into another room and surprise, she says, this is our son. And Tubbs has his big smile on his face as he picks him up. And there's no doubt, no DNA test needed, no doubt this is Tubbs's kid just by looking at his hair. He's got the same old suave, you know, curls going on. There's no way this is not his kid, right? <laughs> Exactly. So anyway, we are still at Angelina's later on. Angelina explains that she doesn't want more bloodshed in her life and knows that someone is trying to kill Tubbs. She knows who it is. She says her half-brother Orlando is going to kill him uh, kill him, and will do anything to do so. Um, he'll, he's just like her father, if not worse. She says that he is probably already in Miami and like... Like I said, his father, he's everything his father is and will buy anybody to take care of the business at hand. Angelina says that she lost her father and essentially she doesn't want 
to lose Tubbs or their son to lose his father as well. And so, if you remember, if you remember too, in there, she said that she showed a, I don't know if she showed a picture of Orlando, but later on, uh, Crockett and Tubbs have that picture, right. but she had said that they were, they only really met each other once because Francisco wanted to bring the two families together. Right. It was something like that. And I and think she had I, disdain for that. Right. I think that's when uh, they got that, uh, that charm or whatever that was on her necklace. They each got one. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, maybe that's when it was done. Why didn't you tell me? I never intended to see you again after my father was killed. Angelina, he, he was going to kill me. I didn't come here for an explanation. I came here because someone is going to kill you. And whatever you are, you're the father of my child, and I've had enough bloodshed in my life. Who's going to kill me? My half-brother, Orlando. And he'll do anything to get you. We're at uh, Waterside, and up pulls a Mercedes that was pulling something behind it. Out comes Orlando, and he takes some paperwork from a DEA agent lines and then passes cash in a case to him. Orlando wants to know where Tubbs is and his whore sister. The other partner, DEA agent Harrison, says he has no clue, but he can do his best to find out. Orlando says that the thing behind the car, which was a person, did their best, too. He said he did his best, too, and then he get Dennis... Uh, Guy that was dragged by in the car is capped. No clue, no clue who he was. And it was probably just to show that Orlando is a nasty little shit. And wield his power and basically send a message to Lyons and Harrison. You don't give me something. That's what's going to happen to you. I didn't really see it that well. I had to play it a couple times that this was actually dragging something. It kind of blended in. But then when they pulled, you know, when they stopped, I'm like, hey, what actually dragging there? I guess with some mm-hmm. new tied up from what and from where and for how long. So anyway, we move on to somewhere. We don't know if it's Tubbs's place or uh, Angelina. There's a quick conversation post coitus between Tubbs and Angelina. And she has, she says that she's got a suitcase with 800,000 for him to beat feet out of town. He just wants her to go on um, correction. She wants him to leave town and just get out because she, doesn't want no like she said no more bloodshed he rebuffs saying he can't turn his life upside down and just split like that which he's got a point there right um mm-hmm. yes she does so now we're at ocb and tubs fills crack it in and, and castillo in on what's going down what went down and what's going to happen you know everything that uh, angelina told him he's landing on the line and he also provides uh what we've learned was a 10 year old snapshot of angelina and orlando this is probably when the only time they met and probably when, they, like I said, when they got those charms. Castillo says to inform uh, that, uh, that he's going to inform the partnering agencies, Metro and Bomb Squad and all that or whatever. Tubbs asks to have Castillo go light on the sniper as it's Angelina's bodyguard and essentially took care of him. He says he'll talk with prosecutors while Tubbs is at the safe house. And Tubbs is like, what? He wants to pull his own weight. Castillo, you know, he's not going to have any of it, right? So off to save the house, house. save mm-hmm. house. <laughs> uh, Crockett pulls Tubbs aside, and he was questioning Tubbs's paternity and if Angelina is playing with his mind. Tubbs essentially says, "Yeah, the same idea crossed my mind, but he's definitely sure that he's the dad." One ten-year-old snapshot. Not much to go on. Get a copy to Metro Customs and to Broward. 
Does she want protection? I'll talk to her. Give me Captain Reardon. Well, listen, Lieutenant, I, I got one favor I'd like to ask. You know, the sniper that shot Mendez? That's Angelina's bodyguard, and if you could just cut him some slack, I really would appreciate it. <laughs> He's got my vote. I'll talk to the prosecutor about it when you're in the safe house. What do you mean? Lieutenant, I want to carry my own weight. You're in the safe house. So we're still at OCB here. Tubbs is on the phone with DEA agent Harrison. Now, keep in mind, he has no idea right now that Harrison's in play. Uh, Harrison, who called in, and what we know is playing a game with him. And he wants to forewarn Tubbs on Calderon and Angelina coming into town. And I don't, I don't understand why Tubbs didn't kind of catch on. You know, he knows Angelina's here. I mean, he, like I said, they're post-coitus, so he knows. So Correct. anyway, um, Tubbs unwittingly gives him the info on where he can meet both of them to get more information. <laughs> whoops. Some big whoops on this one, right? Mm-hmm. So now we move on and we have Crockett and Tubbs pull up to what I think is a safe house and Metro is there with DEA Harrison and Lines. Metro police says some somebody beat them there and took Angelina and the child. Inside, we see a bodyguard hanging in the hall and Tubbs rushes upstairs to find a knocked over bassinet. At OCB, Crockett, Tubbs and Zito wait for a call, guessing it's for ransom. Orlando calls and tells Tubbs where to meet them in an hour. Tubbs wants assurances they are okay. So he puts Angelina on the phone and Angelina says not to come as they're going to kill her anyway. Tubbs. Oh yeah, Papa. Be at Lighthouse Cove in one hour. Where's my family? They'll be in a car where you can see them. So where are they now? Come alone. First, I gotta know if my family's all right. Don't come, Rico. They'll kill me anyway. Angelina! 59 minutes. So now we're at the lighthouse point. Uh, Angelina is bound and gagged in the driver's seat of a car. It's a looks like an old town car, just out at the beach only car there and the car the pretty much all the windows and doors and the horn is wired to explode they've got the you can see the dynamite right there on the dashboard and they've got the 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 sensors all hooked up and they also have a remote uh, we're assuming a remote detonator you can see plugged in it's flashing orlando tells one goon to take the baby into the house and make the blanket swaddle it to look like the the kid is still in the car next to Angelina. To talk about a real bastard, huh? Meanwhile, at OCB, Vice and SRT are going over their options in regards to the layout of the meeting point, how they want to go about doing this. Tubbs, I would have to say, loudly interjects that it's him on the line, not the hostages. Calderon wants him. At least that's what the bounty is, right? Um, Yes, that's it. But... As we just heard, Angelina says they're going to kill her anyway. So, hey, it's not you guys. It's me. Castillo says he's going to call it as he sees it when they get there. So we'll see what plays out here. So now we are at the lighthouse point and Vice and SRT are staked out looking at the car and the nearby shack. A park commissioner comes up 
and to offer some help on the logistics via water rescue. Zito says the radio frequency for the bomb is different from the other radios, so he can't jam the bomb signal either. And that begs the question is, how how didn't Calderon not see them set up there? Right. I mean, yeah, obviously they got all the, you know, Calderon and his guys got this car there. They got, got it wired up. He, she's there. And these guys aren't really that far away. So if Calderon was already there doing all this work, how'd they not see all these guys pull up? So Vice and the SRT team are just waiting. Tubbs was going to go in. He pulls up in his caddy. He walks up to the car with Angelina inside and obviously sees probably that swaddled blanket. So he figures that it's Ricardo Jr. Orlando mm-hmm. via radio left on top of the car sets for Tubbs to come to the shack. Tubbs says, bring the transmitter first. Calderon says he wants to look into the eyes as he offs him. And that's what he told his, uh, his goons that were with him. Tubbs drives to a small rowboat and we see Crockett in the backseat of the car. and. Tub says to shoot, to kill, essentially, I mean, just wax everybody you can. And he says, I'm counting on you, Sonny. Right. And th- this was very tense here. And I mean, she, he walks up, doesn't even say nothing to her. I mean, she can't really apply because her b- mouth is gagged, but he walks away and drives off. So anyway, two goons get out of the truck that comes from the shack to where Tubbs is. And while the tense exchange is going on, Vice sees uh angelina is moving about wildly in the car everybody pretty much looks over at the car i think even the goons did angelina breaks free from the ropes and then she lays on the horn and then now we know the horn is is wired in as well so boom this car blows up tubs looks on obviously shocked and stunned crockett pops up while these guys were somewhat distracted and pretty much annihilates the goons and this is where i'm thinking Tim, did you think that that she blew up, blew the horn to create the diversion, knowing what it would blow up, and then knowing they're going to kill her anyway? So just I might as well kill myself, essentially, right? Cause this distraction. Right. There's two thing, two thoughts I have on it. Number one, she knows that the baby's not in her because she would never do that right. to harm her son. Right. And she she was the trump card that Orlando was using to get Tubbs there. So if she takes herself out of the equation, now she's taken Orlando's power away from him. Right. And she, you know, she maybe in her mind, you know, if I'm dead, he won't kill Tubbs. And then our child won't be left uh, an orphan. Just a couple thoughts. Not sure, but it's hard to say what was in her mind. So anyway, Vice and Metro swoop in. Gunfire is pretty much ringing out from Calderon and the two other thugs and from the cops. They're shooting at the uh, the shack that they were hiding in. And this is what I thought was weird. We hear a missile, uh, <laughs> um, kind of like from back in the real world. Uh, we hear this missile, and then the shack blows up. And you can see just before it blows up, Calderon inching out of a doorway. And then we see this explosion. Right. It's a, a rocket. It I think it's like a rocket-propelled grenade, but yeah, probably... Right. Probably back at that time, it was a law a law rocket that the SRT team fired. So anyway, <laughs> Tubbs pretty much runs up to the pile of smoldering uh, debris here, and then you know fade into night. All the cops are waterside; they're doing what they do. Uh, Tubbs is still kind of 
you know he's it's definitely shocked. Tubbs wants to be alone and make sure they ID Calderon's body. Uh, Crockett's there too. He says he doesn't want to crowd Tubbs, but he also wants to be there for him. He says uh, he'll take Tubbs, you know, to the St. Vitus dance, and then uh, Crockett will go do the paperwork, and then they'll head out to breakfast later. So, you know, he's really pulling, you know, uh, pulling next to Tubbs there when he needs him. I mean, we see the, yeah. uh, saw that in Tubbs doing that for Crockett a lot of times. So Yes, so. A- a- absolutely. Uh, and that's what partners are for. Uh, and as we could see from that, that, you know, when they, their relationship, professional relationship started out rocky in season one, and it just keeps getting stronger and stronger as we have now moved and completed season two. So anyway, Crockett is back at OCB doing the paper on this, uh, on this deal. And a Metro officer comes in, drops off some evidence. He says like the personal effects or something from Orlando. And he says also some paper from a DEA report about Tubbs is in there too. Calderon's papers. The rest of the evidence from the scene is already downtown. Thanks. I'll read them later. No, I understand. There's even a couple of pages in there from a DEA report. But I'm sure Internal Affairs can wait and read that tomorrow. What DEA file? On Tubbs, right there at the top of the bag. Oh, and listen, tell him how sorry I am. Yeah, thanks. So then Crockett goes to the DEA office to question Harrison about the paper. The guard there says that Harrison is popular as other vice guys came and took him to breakfast. Crockett then speeds off. So now we're at this restaurant that Crockett and Tubbs were originally going to for lunch, where Tubbs was kidnapped, essentially. We see the other vice cop that was looking for him was Tubbs indeed. And he was already in the lot waiting. Uh, Harrison and uh, Lyons, they were in the restaurant. So Tubbs is out there waiting. Crockett pulls up, sits in Tubbs' uh, Tubbs Tubbs car and says that Harrison is a uh, a bad guy pretty much. Obviously, we know this. Tubbs is obviously pissed and says that Harrison gave up his family. Crockett says, you know, he'll pay. Just give it time. He'll pay. We're going to do this. He he didn't say it, but you know, he's leading. We're going to do this the right way. We're not going to off him. mm No, we're not going to do that. Harrison and Lyons walk out of the restaurant and right away, Tubbs yells out for him. And I'm thinking it was just like a high school kid waiting out for the class bully. Hey, Harrison, I'm going to beat you up. That type of thing. Rather than Mm -hmm. calmly, you know going up to him and talk to him, you know, stuff like that kind of trap him type of thing. But I said, nope, Harrison, I want to talk to you, man. (laughs) So without missing a beat, both these agents open fire on Crockett and Tubbs. Uh, Lyons is hit right away. And then Harrison jumps in his car and starts to drive away. But uh, Tubbs, you know, uh, draws down on him and pretty much pumps his guts full of lead. And the car goes into the drink right by, right next there to the restaurant there. And then uh, Crockett and Tubbs walk up and Tubbs says he hopes Harrison pretty much rots in hell. And then this is where we uh, have the cue where um, the great Phil Collins song, but um, that's going to be pretty much played all throughout. So it's over. You killed my family, man. So now, while this awesome song is still playing, there's a montage starting at OCB of an obvious ultra-somber mood. 
as they're preparing for the funeral. Tubbs has on some great shades as he's holding a picture of Angelina and some baby items. Work is still being done by other vice members as the key vice team files out. At the cemetery, we see a full-size casket and a child's casket. Services are progressing and a van pulls up. Tubbs is oblivious uh, by Castillo, who is eyeballing this van. It's a flower delivery van and a paper's handed to Crockett, like one of those cards. He hands it to Tubbs. It's an envelope containing the charm that both Angelina and Orlando had from their father when they, they first met. And on the note, it says, I'll be back. All right, let's check out the ratings for this episode. IMDB gives us an eight and a half out of 10. Tim, your thoughts for this Mark, last episode? Uh, definitely a big thumbs up. I totally agree with this rating. Uh, what started as Crockett and Tubbs being sold out in an apparent drug ripoff where they were saved by an unknown sniper turns out to be Angelina rescuing Tubbs from her vengeful half-brother Orlando. Tubbs becomes a father, albeit for a brief moment. But there's a couple of lingering questions that I have. We kind of touched on a little bit, but how did Tubbs not make a quick connection that it was DEA Harrison that gave up gave Orlando the address to Angelina's? After all, he's one that gave the address to Harrison in the phone conversation. Two, and this was even more of a lingering thing for me, kind of was like bugging. How did the OCB team know? that they were going to need the bomb squad at Orlando's place. Unless I missed something, Orlando never alluded he was going to use explosives to kill Angelina. Just, I'm just wondering here. I well, really, I'll, 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 what's your thoughts on that? I may, maybe they just know Calderon, the name Calderon, and they figure, well, we may as well bring everything we got, right? That's, <laughs> that, that's as good as a interpretation as anything. But the most comedic moment for me was when Crockett imitated Castillo to Castillo. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Overall, a great way to end a season with a potential cliffhanger to a future season episode. I agree. This was definitely a solid episode. This one should have gotten a nine, maybe a nine and a half, in my opinion. A very big thumbs up. Uh, this was a Tubbs-centered episode. I don't know why, other than you know, he's other than that he's being a baby daddy. Didn't know about Calderon returns part three. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. Uh, why did Calderon put a bounty on? And we asked this: Why did, was the bounty put on Tubbs's head, as he was the one who killed Daddy Calderon? That was Crockett. Tubbs only arrested him in part number one. It, could that be? It could that be marked that because? He was the one that known have been known to have a relationship with Angelina. Crockett did kill him, right? We know that. Yeah, but in uh, in Orlando's uh, head, his sister was a whore. He said it himself. So why would he care who's who's banging her? Essentially. Anyway, anyways, uh, many scenes were very, very, very intense. He, I like this. The storyline was simple, but very deep. All of Vice was here in some extent. 
Um, Crockett's now, like I said, doing what Tubbs usually does, has his partner's back and having, uh, and pretty much having doubts that Tubbs is the father. You are the father. Maui. I digress on that. Um, and after the big boom at the end, he didn't want to crowd Tubbs. Uh, he wants to be stuck to his side to get him through it, essentially, and offers the St. Vitus dance to unwind and decompress, which was great for Crockett to do that. True to the end partnership for sure. And great comedic relief in Switek huffing into the room at the beginning. And like you said, Crockett essentially mocking Castillo. I guess this is going to be with Calderon here. I'll be back. Is it going to be a cliffhanger? I'm not going to give any spoilers, but we, I know. And maybe as we go along, maybe we'll give more, but I know what it is. Anyway, great, solid, strong, deep, and passionate end to season two. And now we have arrived at Snurd's Chalkboard of Wisdom, where we hope to inspire, enlighten, or make you snicker a little. In both the world of Miami Vice and our current world at large, we encounter many challenges we work to overcome. In the interest of creating a family-friendly atmosphere through the show and on our social media, we would like to offer some parting thoughts, a simple quote, phrase, or words of encouragement, or a funny quip to you, our listeners. Because without you, our friends, we'd just be talking ourselves. And we say friends because that's what we consider all of you who follow our show and social media. This episode quote is, No other city gets to look this good for an hour. How much do you think it's worth? I think I'll send Miami a bill. And that was from John Nicolella, the producer of Miami Vice. We encourage everyone listening to be a positive force, not only in your life, but others as well. It's contagious and can make our world a better place. Man, with that, we'd like to bring this episode and this season of Miami Vice podcast to a close. If you like our show, and we hope you do, please help us spread the word. We can be found on Instagram and Facebook at Vice of Miami Podcast and YouTube. Just search for Vice of Miami. Tell a friend and post this and other episodes on your social media and tag us at Vice of Miami Podcast so we can see it. And if you can, please rate and review the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast platform of choice. This really helps us out immensely. It only takes a few moments and means the world to us. It's listeners and people like you who make what we do here worth it. And we thanks to everyone who liked, commented, or reviewed our shows. So we'll catch you next time on the Vice of Mammy podcast on show 48, covering the recap of season two, just like we did for season one. We're going to do our favorites and not so favorites. And we're going to have a special guest, Marina from the Vice and Easy podcast. She's going to be joining us, giving us her thoughts as well. So now, good luck, pal.